Welcome to Improving Intimacy, a podcast to help single and married Latter-day Saints strengthen their family connections and marriages. Daniel A. Burgess is the host of Improving Intimacy. Daniel's a marriage and family therapist, father, husband, and author. Here's Daniel on this episode of Improving Intimacy. Welcome to another episode of Improving Intimacy. Today, I'm excited to have Hope Orr here and to hear her story and, and what she does. And I think everybody in our audience will be curious to learn. And, and I think what we're going to do here is we're going to have this podcast. We're going to give it an opportunity for people to hear after we publish. And then I would personally like to invite uh, Hope back and maybe do a live question and answer online with everybody. But let's, let's go ahead and kick this off and uh, hope. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, um, I am a boudoir photographer. I work with women who um, are wanting to celebrate their body, who want to um, show up more fully and, I guess, whole in the world. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. That's exciting. This this is great. So (laughs) I'm bringing you in because one of the biggest things I see within my improvement in in the improving intimacy group is how frequently um, both men and women are curious, interested, and wanting to find a good photographer, uh, a boudoir photographer, and. and so there's a lot of questions around that. So I was excited to see somebody of your background. You, you did serve a mission. Yep. Uh, and you're now providing the service to, to women who, who desire it and want it. What got you here? What, what made you decide? Were you a photographer before? And you, this, this natural transition? What, what was it? Yeah, that's a good question. I have been a photographer for 10 years Um, I grew up, my dad is a producer, um, a film producer for the church. And so he actually, um, kind of mentored me as I grew up on how to take good photos. And so I've done a lot of different type of photography throughout my life. Um, but boudoir photography is really where I find the most meaning and fulfillment. Um, and I'm most passionate about it. And so it's, uh, I guess more of a recent, in, in the last few years, um, journey that I've been on offering this to other people and then also um, experiencing it for myself. So tell me a little bit more about that that journey, that experience. Yeah. As, as you're talking, the audience obviously can't see, but your your face lightens up. It, it glows <laughs> as, as you're talking about this is a great opportunity. And we're going to get into... Um, maybe some of the, the pushback or the controversies around it. You're shaking your head, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I personally know that as I've entered into this profession and kind of stretched the boundaries around sexual health and insight. So what am I seeing when I hear you say journey and experience and passion? Yeah. What's making you glow about it? Yeah, so when I returned from my mission um, a number of years ago, I remember my mission president inviting me to pray every day to get married. And um, I think that's kind of funny that we tell 20 year olds to pray for yes. that. Um, <laughs> and get married in six yeah. months when you return. And yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And um, yeah. So 
I was doing that, and one day it occurred to me, um, I realized, okay, if this actually happened, let's say God answers my prayer, I'm going to find someone this year, get married this year, am I ready for that? And I realized I had a lot of shame around my body, around my sexuality, um, around my sexual desires, um, and also a lot of... um, uh, how do you put it? I did not feel like I was really educated or prepared for that type of step in my life. What, what, when you say step, what, what are you talking about? Sex, yes, intimacy? Yeah, or? yep. All of all of the above. Um, about I guess with with the idea of okay, I'm going to get married, and all of a sudden I'm going to start having sex with a man, and I don't know really anything about my own body, about sex, about you know so many different things, and so. Um, it was quite miraculous, I guess. I was shortly after that occurred to me. Um, I was given people and resources in my life to be able to start um, more, I guess, a self development journey for myself and learn and also um, like release a lot of the shame uh, around my sexuality. So, so pause because. Yes. You did something that I'm I'm very impressed with and. Uh, that I, I usually only see occur after marriage is you had this insight, this awareness that you weren't ready. You didn't understand your own sexual health, your own sexual desires. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Was it, was it literally that? Was it an epiphany? Was it in your prayers? Was it walking down the street or what, what allowed you to have that insight? If I could ask it, I I realize it's still ambiguous, but what was that discovery before marriage? Um, I know part of it was um, looking at, okay, how do I want to create my life and realizing um, like, okay, if I'm going to have what I want in life, I need to be in a place right now where I'm ready for it. And I think that that is applicable to any, point in our life like okay you want more money are do you feel ready for that (laughs) you know or different things and so um there's I believe that we have to like look at what we want to create and then look at what beliefs what um narrative are we you know saying in our head that is keeping us from getting to that point so um I've done a lot of self-development in my life um and so that was definitely part of it was okay if I want to get married, <laughs> what what is holding me back? And so, amazing! I, I I can't tell you how how important that is. I mean, there's there's kind of I, I see maybe if we categorize it in two two or three ways, those who don't have that awareness at all or have this general perspective of things will work out in the marriage or we'll discover these things. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, it, they don't even, it, and by the way, this is not a criticism. This is just how we're trained as in, in relationships. Our parents never taught us how to think about this. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm finding this is really impressive and fascinating is you're falling into and, and so there's a second group that may do what you just did. Says, yeah, I don't think I'm really ready for marriage. I, there's aspects about myself. I, I know we've had children who've been married who were concerned about body image uh, and so there's that group where they're kind of aware, but their course of action to improve that uh, is, is either absent or they don't know how, mm-hmm. or again, they think it's it's going to just work out in the marriage. Yep. 
but you fall into, I mean, I'm coming, going off the cuff here. I, there's probably more dynamics to this, but it seems like you fall into a third group where you not only had this insight, this wonderful insight, but you had the awareness of asking questions that maybe stretched you or encourage yourself to be prepared way before that ever happened. Mm -hmm. I, that's <laughs> fascinating to me. Are you, are you able to, I know you kind of answered that already, but where did you get, do you think that's intrinsic to you? Or do you <laughs> feel like your parents taught you? What allowed you mm -hmm. to have that skill? Yeah, that's, let's see. I definitely grew up in a home where we were always encouraged to learn and grow and, um, and improve ourselves. Um, and particularly, I guess, seek after truth and study for ourselves. Um, and so that was a big thing, um, was, I guess, finding answers for myself. So that's part of it. I love that. So you're encouraged throughout your life to be an individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> to create your own relationship with yourself or with Heavenly Father or whatever that is, is you're asking yourself the questions and determining your own path. I love that. Is that, is that about right? Yeah. Um, and I think also a big part of it with my own faith journey, with my own sexual health journey, as I learned more, especially about um, having a healthy relationship with my body and with my sexuality, uh, realizing that I get to be my own person. And so I think that that also plays a, a huge role mm -hmm. in that, in realizing that I, sure. I can find truth for myself. I can find answers. I don't have to look to other people outside of me to feel good about myself or to um, create whatever life it is that I want to. Was that immediate? I, I know I cut you off before you started going to mm -hmm. more of <laughs> what you did. You, you got resources. Did you have that awareness before those resources or is, or is that what kind of developed out of seeking out resources and helping or, or both? I'd say both. It was a mix for okay. sure. Yeah. And do you mind if we explore what, what you did to improve and stretch yourself into be more authentic? What, what course of action did yeah. you take? Um, one huge thing was learning about mindfulness and meditation, learning about what was going on in my mind, um, what fears I had, one, what insecurities I had. Um, and then another, I was I was in a Facebook group and someone had shared a post. I don't know if, if I can share names. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, awesome. Please. So I... The, the whole purpose <laughs> of my group is to provide good resources. Great. Uh, share away. Awesome. Um, I was in a women's Facebook group and somebody shared that there was going to be a workshop by Emily Thevenin. She owns Honey Rose Haven. It's a nonprofit organization and she's a sex educator. And so I... I knew that I needed to talk to someone just to like learn and figure out my body and stuff. And I was really scared. I needed someone who was safe. And so I emailed her and I said, hey, I'm really interested in this workshop, but I feel a little funny being this young, single Mormon girl showing up to, it was like, I don't know, I think it was like a honeymoon something having to do with, you know, right, sex, right. obviously. And I was like, I don't want to be this like uneducated little young girl showing up and so she invited me to come have a one-on-one -on -one session with her and that completely changed my life <laughs> thank you yeah. uh, and please don't <laughs> hold back the tears if, if, if you don't want um this is emotional work this is powerful yeah. this is exciting uh and the audience wants to hear that what was it um 
what would you tell somebody who's interested in doing a course like that, how to be prepared or, or what, what was it like for you? Meaning working with, with going in and working with Emily. Yeah. 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 Was it, was it awkward or or kind of tell us what, what you would expect or what a new person would expect going into something like that? Um, that's a great question. Um, well, for one thing, Emily made it so, I just felt so safe. I didn't even know her, but I just felt so safe and so understood, and, you know, especially with her response. Cause I told her like, Hey, I'm kind of scared. And she responded and said, I totally get it. You know, no worries. Like I can relate. Um, and so just knowing that she understood where I was coming from and then going in and having that one-on-one session with her where we just sat and talked and, you know, the first few sessions I had, it was releasing just a lot of shame around all sorts of things you know like thinking that like I had a pornography addiction when I was young and looking back I had never even seen pornography like but I thought that I was you know or thinking I had a masturbation addiction and you know all these different things and feeling so much shame and being able to talk with someone who was educated who understood you know so many of these things and it wasn't I don't know it, it it wasn't like it was a confessional or anything like that. <laughs> no, I follow you. Okay, you, you're, you're having these discoveries. Yeah, and you're recognizing as so. You said it was a workshop, but it, it sounds no. like it was kind of a one-on-one. This one, yeah, because because I was afraid to do the workshop. She said, "Come in and work and have a oh, one-on-one awesome. session with me." So this was just me and her. So as talking. as you're talking, you're discovering. Oh my goodness, I really didn't have a porn addiction, and yeah, masturbation wasn't even an issue. Yeah. it was it was. Yeah. Just part of my healthy development. Yeah. And I mean, I grew up thinking I was going to go to hell or I wasn't going to like, I wouldn't be able to have kids or, you know, something like I was going to be punished because like, because you're having this behavior. Yeah. And so there was just so much with that. And then also, um, just so much shame about how I learned about sex, you know, all those different things, um, that, you know, we all have experiences growing up with, whatever with our bodies with sex where we tend to feel shame around those things and so being able to talk with someone and be validated in my experience and like just being heard and having a safe place and also a safe place to ask questions I asked all sorts of questions and um so yeah so the beginning was a lot of you're the perfect client (laughs) you're coming in with 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 so many people have told me that (laughs) and it's fascinating because we get a lot of people and again this is not criticism it's it's one thing as a as a provider of somebody who who's doing my passion is to improve sexual health and sexual awareness and i get so so many times clients coming in male and female and i want to improve this but they don't want to ask the hard questions <laughs> and uh, because there's some preconceived ideas there. Now you brought up pornography. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, we talked about this beforehand. You get to say uh, yep. whether or not you want to answer. I'm, I think this is important because I work with so many people. Uh, a pornography addiction is defined anything from I had a lustful thought a year ago. Uh, I saw an Instagram model three months ago. Uh, to I'm looking at hardcore porn five hours a day and masturbating multiple times to it. Uh, what was it about your behavior that gave you the impression you were addicted to porn or you had a porn problem? Yeah, so part of it was um, I masturbated, you know, all growing up, and I you know, thought that that was really bad. And then um, as far as the pornography part, a big thing was feeling aroused. 
like I, I just translated, oh my gosh, I, I see, you know, whatever. Like, so the way I found out that I didn't have a pornography issue was actually sitting in a session with an LDS therapist and she had made a comment of, you know, you've, you've probably seen more than girls your age than, you know, the typical girl your age as far as like inappropriate images or whatever okay. and and i sat there and i was like so so i'm gonna i'm gonna i because we <laughs> like specificity <laughs> no 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 uh, jumping around is beautiful i love it what i like to do is specific specificity uh did i say the word right <laughs> um it, it, when we're talking about these things because again as as you get more familiar with this group you're going to see in the problem around sexual health is we all have our own definitions so when you say inappropriate what i think i'm hearing is saying you've probably seen more women naked or what what do you, what do you mean yeah, when you say great, inappropriate good question um so like a pg-13 movie like if a couple starts making out or whatever like not even okay. not even like sex but stuff that would visually stimulating yes i for you yeah yeah and so the therapist had because I had told her, I think I have a pornography addiction. And she um, she one day said, you know, you've probably seen more than maybe the typical girl your age. And I was like, no, actually, I don't think I have. Like, I, I've only seen things in, you know, like PG-13 movies. But, like, I hadn't ever, like, seen, you know, someone having sex or, like, I don't know. I like not even. It was naked just the fact genitals. that you were getting aroused from <laughs> yeah. what you were seeing. Yeah, and 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 because I had that desire to to see or you know to keep watching or whatever and and um. But so, so that was going against the for strength of youth by yes all, yeah. So that's yes. I think that's where we're getting yes. At here. So yeah, it's uh, by definition I don't know that I would say it was a pornography addiction, if. But if you were to compare it to the first strength of youth and yes, you're seeking out these not, feelings, yeah. this, so the guilt was springing from that. And as you were talking with your th various coach or yeah, therapist, yeah. this was coming to light. That, and so, yeah. and so your LDS therapist was saying, uh, so continue with that. What, 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 she, what was she implying by you seen more? You know, I, I don't even remember what the conversation was, but that was a moment in time where I realized like, oh, I actually don't think I have seen more than the typical girl my age, but I have placed so much shame on on feeling desires, on feeling turned on, you know, aroused. Um, it's bad. Yeah. I remember when I was a little girl praying that God would take those arousal feelings away. I hated them. And I remember saying, Heavenly Mother, like, why do you give those to me? And so... Yeah, so this this journey that I started going on after my mission was really amazing in being able to release so much shame around my body and my sexuality, um, and then also really just stepping more fully into being a whole, confident, beautiful woman. <laughs> I, I can't emphasize how much and how important that message is um, we, we hear this, I hear this a lot from young men. Um, they get an erection, and it's one thing, and, and some people feel like, yeah, I'm making excuses for young men. Well, you, you're, usually it's coming from females saying it doesn't have to happen, but young men will experience an erection for not just a few seconds, mm -hmm. 30 minutes, yeah. an hour a, a, as a teenager, and what do you do with that? 
I'm hearing clearly not the same biological response. But as a female, I think this happens a whole lot more mm-hmm. than women are either comfortable in sharing or rightfully so. Um, so in a long way, I'm saying thank you. Thank you for that vulnerability. Because I think there's a lot of women out there who need to hear that. The fact that they struggle with these urges, the, the sensations, the desires, and you're praying for it to go away. That occurs too in women. We don't talk about that a lot because yep. uh, it's vis- visually noticeable in men. Yep. It's like, yeah. it's there, what do you do? And it, it, yeah. it doesn't just go away. Yeah. So you're having these discoveries and I appreciate you sharing that because that is something I think is important for both men and women to hear. Mm-hmm. It happens there yep. and it needs to be talked about. So what do you do? I, mean, I, I jokingly, but I, I'm being serious when I say a young man can go into a donut shop and an erection comes. <laughs> Are they breaking the principles and the strength of youth? manual by wanting to go get it i I don't i'm not trying to be silly but if you were raised as a young man who got Mm -hmm. erections out of the when you know the joke's there if the wind blows (laughs) you're you're horny and there's there's truth to that because your body is developing and you're discovering that and you're discovering now uh in your in your resources in your therapy that that's normal yeah there's nothing wrong with that yep Well, and I think so many women when like growing up, when you do feel those, those feelings of arousal, um, will try and shut it off. We'll try and numb it. We'll try and ignore it. And then that is such a disservice to ourselves when, you know, when people are ready to get married and to be sexually active and realizing, you know, or not even realizing, but having a hard time, um, being able to feel those feelings again, or when they do feel those feelings and it's in a place where they're allowed to, they feel so dirty and unworthy of, you know, being able to feel those feelings. Right there. That's the concept I think is so hard for a lot of potentially married and even married couples to understand is because we, we, we convey this idea that it will work out. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, yeah. uh, but you're well aware. That's not the that's yeah. not the case. And it, it goes against every spiritual, doctrinal, and uh, psychological principle out there is uh, we train ourselves to do one thing and we expect one day just because of one event, we will do the opposite. You spend a good decade of your life before you get married resisting, rejecting, suppressing these feelings. It doesn't just come back beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now we're at this phase. You've, you're discovering, you're exploring, you're getting the right help. Um, where does it go from there? What do you yeah. want to tell us? Yeah. Um, so after I worked through a lot of, of the heavy stuff, you know, releasing a lot of shame around my sexuality, um, I, you know, being a photographer, um, I decided that I wanted to do a boudoir session for myself, um, as a young single adult. And, um, and so I remember like setting up my camera, putting the, the timer on and like running over to the bed. And you're, you're literally <laughs> yeah, taking literally, your own yeah. shots. Yep. Yeah. And, and I was doing it for myself to, you know, we, we don't often give ourselves the opportunity as men or women to like really see our body fully and appreciate it and love it, um, for, you know, where it's at. And so my first experience doing my own little boudoir session, um, it was in, in a hotel room. I was, I was on a work trip and that changed the way that I saw my body. And, you know, of course I, I had been doing my work, you know, in other areas to 
more fully love and accept my body. Um, but that was something that I was like finally in a place to see myself and to like own my body and see that it's beautiful. And I, I guess the, the short version is I, over the years, have been able to see how that has helped other women um, and myself. And so that is something that I'm so passionate about offering to women as an opportunity to step fully into their body and, and to really celebrate it and um, see it for the beautiful body that it is. Now, I want to jump into that. But before we do, uh, I want to bring up, because I know there's a lot of people out here asking um, have you gotten criticism for this being just a version of porn and how have you addressed that? (laughs) Um, I'm just going to leave it open like that. What what are the obstacles you faced as you've, uh, so what we're hearing is this has been life changing for you. There's clearly a blessing that's come along with this. Now I I don't want to make an assumption. Have you gotten pushback? Yeah. And you want (laughs) to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so for a long time, I wasn't really sharing with, you know, the public or my circle that I was doing these or offering these. It's um, more word of mouth. Or yeah, whatever. word of mouth. And, you know, I was doing portrait photography for, so, for so, And why was that? Because the shame around it or? Yeah, because I was, I was afraid that, you know, something that I was afraid about when I started my um, sexual health journey was that people would think I was promiscuous because, oh, this is a single girl. She's not getting married in the near future. She shouldn't be looking into this stuff right now. Um, and so that that was, you know, the same with the boudoir stuff is, oh, you're, you're not married. You know, why, why would you want to do this unless you're being promiscuous? And so, and maybe that's just a story in my head, you know. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's not just a story in your head. It's, it's alive and real, as I think you already know. Yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't until this last year that I um, decided, you know, this has been so meaningful and fulfilling. I'm going to do this, you know, pursue it um, more full time. And so I realized or I decided that if I wanted to help other women be brave enough to do this, I needed to be brave enough to share and so I shared a photo and it, you know, I was in a robe. I was very covered up, um, but I shared it, you know, on my Facebook page and Instagram and and just shared my story um, of how I became a boudoir photographer, photographer and why it's so um, important to me. And I, I did get, you know, some messages and some people, you know, in my circle reaching out to different different people around me saying is hope pornography photographer um and you know people telling me they're concerned about me of course and well i I say that kind of sarcastically (laughs) right um so how did you respond to them um or did you yeah so well that was mm, it was an opportunity for me to look inside and and kind of get more clear on okay is am i maybe i am you know just like being willing to look at it but um yeah so a response is, hey, thanks for, for, for sharing your thoughts. I would love to talk about this more. And some people didn't really want to talk about it. And I understand, you know, that they're coming from a place of their own triggers and, and their own hurt and pain um, and their own understanding. And, and, and also it's like, okay, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to discuss this. Um, do, do, was the reception or criticism better or worse with men or women or, or, or was it kind of the same it was mm, mostly from men um 
Yeah, I'm smiling over here. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that isn't that the truth? Yeah. You you can't even own your own sexuality, yeah. your own pursuits without somebody yeah. Uh, yeah. coming in. And that was that was something that was really frustrating is okay. So you were defending yourself mostly <laughs> against what men th- were thinking. Um I mean, I, I'm sure there was yeah. women there too, but yeah, there were, yeah, there were women too. And, and I do have to say, I don't get a ton of kickback, but you know, I, I did in the beginning and I've kind of decided, okay, I'm going to keep pursuing this and keep just doing my thing because I'm seeing how it's changing lives. I, I, and forgive me, I don't want to focus just on that breaking through that barrier, but I do, I do like to emphasize it at least briefly here because I think that's what holds so many of us back is how do we get through that? I, I know when I first published my article on uh, masturbation and how it's a healthy part of development. I mean, we were teaching this as a church actually as early as 1927, I think. Uh, and then things kind of the way we approached it was differently. But here I had a science based article that was in line with my professional teachings and I remember the day I, I was clicking the, the publish button, I was shaking <laughs> yeah. because of the, the concern. I knew uh, my relationship with my Heavenly Father, my family, the, the work I've done with clients, and the beautiful progress I've seen. But there was this fear, the shame of how I would be perceived and yep. having a breakthrough. And, and we don't talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important. This was... Would it be fair to say it was scary or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How did, how did you deal with that? I mean, there was, there was a day that you made a decision to go live with your website and say, yeah. this is who I am. Yep. <laughs> uh, again, I, I don't want to make the focus all about that, but I, I think it's important for at least uh, others to see what it was like for you to go through. Yeah. Do you mind sharing the emotions or yeah. feelings you went through? Yeah. Um, with this and with my faith, I've had a lot of, of experiences and opportunities where I have had to show up and say, this is me and this is what I'm choosing to do with my life. And it's painful to see, you know, people I love and and what they respond with. And so I, (laughs) part of me, some of it was, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I have to pretend that all those people that I see in my mind that are watching me aren't actually watching me <laughs> and then and then processing through the shame later or you know the, the feelings that are triggered once I'm like oh yeah yep they're watching and they're now responding and you know um so ooh. You, you, you come across <laughs> as a very insightful person I know I've already pointed out um I, I think there's a lesson there is you're you're internalizing it you're not just saying screw you yeah you're not you're saying, okay, all right, I, I see what you're saying here, but then you go off and you do your internal work later. Yes. Is that a fair yeah. summary? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I, I would say, you know, for people who may have to do similar things in their lives, if I could go back to my younger self who felt scared about showing up more fully um, because of how people would, you know, treat me or think, I would invite myself to have more compassion for where I was at and, and realize, like, you actually don't, you don't need to show up. You don't need to explain yourself if you don't want to, and it will come. And that's something that I have seen with my life. You know, like, I, I've been doing boudoir photography for a number of years now, and, and, and maybe for someone it's a shorter amount of time, but for me it, it took a little bit for me to get into a place where I was really, I guess you could say, embodying 
where I stood and and felt confident enough <laughs> to to make the step and and to let myself be seen. So that is beautiful. I, I that's a lesson I hope uh, people take away from this message here. This is that's beautiful. So what are you doing? What, what's been your experience working with uh, clients? What, what, so tell mm-hmm. us both. Uh, I'll let you choose, but both the successes and maybe the struggles of yeah. doing this work. Yeah. Um, and oh, by the way, are you exclusively women or do you work with men also? Yeah. So right now I work with women and couples. Um, and so I know I've had a number of men reach out to me, which I think is amazing. I think that's so awesome that men have this desire because I know that it's not, you know, our own, our body image and insecurities and things. That's not just a female problem. And so, uh, if men want to be photographed, what I will do is I'll do a couple session and then I'll take some photos of the wife or, you know, the the woman and and then of the man. I I don't at the moment photograph men on their own. Yeah. So tell us some some of your success stories <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and also the struggles. Yeah. Um, so part one of the the most my favorite things about working with women is being able to, to have them come in, you know, one on one and being able to give them this experience. You know, my my boudoir sessions are a luxury experience. They get to come and they get their hair and makeup done. You know, they get just well taken care of yes pampered thank you they come they get pampered and like this is all about them and getting to celebrate their body and own their body and that being able to see that with each individual woman is just so fun and then bringing them in to the studio after they get their hair and makeup done and um it's just it's like this girl party i have my hair and makeup artist and me and our client and you know we're pulling out outfits from the client wardrobe and just seeing you know how you know they're nervous obviously a little bit but also just excited for something that's a new experience and a fun experience and so that is something that's very exciting and fun for me that i love um and then I guess, let's see, I also, with with my clients, I've worked with a number of women in different phases of their life. Um, I've, you know, worked with women who are pregnant, with women who, who just had a baby and want to, you know, embrace their body where it's at. I, I had one client, this is um, one of my favorite experiences, I photographed a client and six months later she uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And so she had those photos, you know, we don't always know what's going to happen in the future, but being able to photograph right now, you know, the phase we're in. And she was diagnosed with cancer, spent, you know, nine, around nine months in bed, getting treatments and things. And um, she's now cancer free. And about a month ago, I was able to photograph her again. And that was just such a special experience for both of us to have you know, done it before. Um, and then after everything she's gone through and showing up and just hearing her story and her experience with, you know, like, oh, my body isn't perfect. It's not where I want it to be, but like showing up anyways and allowing herself to be photographed. And she loves those pictures, you know, and I guess like both, both the, the pictures before she had cancer and the, the pictures afterward, that was just a really, I, I was honored to be able to 
be part of that. That is beautiful. Yeah. Have you had clients where they struggled with self-image and were in a more severe way um, and use this as an opportunity to help that? And did you see, did you have an experience where doing this helped them overcome some of their negative self-images? Yeah, absolutely. I would say almost almost everyone I've worked with, you know, has had body image issues. And they'll often share with me beforehand, like, I'm, I'm a little insecure about this part of my body or, you know. Um, but I, I had one client and, oh, I will say I, I have permission to share these experiences. I made sure I did that before I came. I had one client who you would never expect, you know, that, that she, I guess, didn't like her body because according to like cultural expectations about how your body should be, like she checks off that list, you know, and, and I photographed her and I remember in this session, um, like I hadn't, you know, the photos weren't edited or anything, but I, I turned the camera around to show her um, the photo and she had tears in her eyes and she said, I've never liked photos of myself until this, until today. And, and <laughs> yeah, it was just amazing. Um, and then I, I sent her the gallery and, um, and she, you know, reiterated that again. And then I got a text from her later that she said I could share. And she said, um, that she had struggled with eating disorders for 13 years of her life and how this experience being able to see her body and how beautiful and amazing it was, was just completely life-changing for her. That is, yeah. I, I can't, I can't imagine what that would be like for somebody. I mean, I, I think we do men a disservice thinking you brought it up a little earlier. We have image issues, but we're not expected to, you know, we're, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> We struggle with this thing. I think I think men would benefit from maybe something similar, maybe not the exact same thing, but but to hear that because uh, I work with quite a few clients. So I, I'm going to kind of uh, blend a topic here because I I think you you're probably one of the best people to inform me on this since you're working on the side of helping women to embrace their beauty, their their naturalness, their authenticity uh, as a male therapist. It's interesting because I'll get both. I'll get women who want to work with me to improve that aspect of their life, um, primarily because it's been men in their lives who've defined that for them. And so in a, in a therapeutic way, they use me as a, as a confrontation to, not in the negative sense, but you know what, you're a man. I don't want to be afraid of this anymore, which is interesting because I value that. That's, a, that's actually an appropriate role of, of therapy. We, we do that a lot. Um, kind of exposure and getting used to, I want to be confident with this while at the same time uh, I may get women who, who want to work on this, but because I am a male therapist um, it's, it's scary. It's hard to break through um, for that. And I always respect that. Of course, what are your thoughts? Do you feel, I realize there's no absolute answer here, but if you were to coach a therapist, a coach who is a male, how would you, what would you say? How, I, I really, this is the big question. Uh, how would you say is a good way to help women feel safe? In, in therapy or in, in, in general in their, life? If they're coming uh, to therapy and wanting to improve their sexual health, their, yeah. their negative self-image, 
I, I guess maybe have you worked with a man or, or is that why you haven't uh, worked with men in the past? Are you wanting to find that as a safe space with other women? What are your thoughts? I, it's a really broad question. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Um, in other words, how can us men support and help yeah, and be better? Yeah. My first thought is, you know, every woman, you, you already know this, but every woman is, is different in their need for, you know, how, how to heal that. And so some women, for them, they're in a space where they're ready to have a man who's a safe place to listen and to talk about it. And then for other women, I, I probably wasn't one of those women. I needed to talk to another woman because that was safe for me. So let me give you a little bit more context. Okay. I have a lot of men reaching out to me who would crave for their wives, your yes. girlfriends, okay. fiancés to, to do this. Yeah. And, and for, I, I sincerely, so there's, there's a dynamic here. I think a lot of men are afraid to even suggest it because mm. the perception mm. around sexual health and sexualizing everything. Yeah. It, it's, it's a fascinating place we're at because yeah. I think we're breaking through a lot of barriers, but I think men are, have this stigma already. Mm-hmm. If we talk about seeing a woman who is in lingerie as beautiful, we're automatically sexualizing yeah. it. Yep. So we'll get a, um, you know, a husband who's saying, gosh, I, I know my wife in all her pregnancies in her middle age is sexy. She is beautiful. She doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. I think a boudoir session would be helpful for her, mm-hmm. but even suggesting that can come across as yeah. invasive or not appropriate. Yep. Is there, it, it, it seems like what do men do? What, what do you suggest? I'm sure you've seen this dynamic play out. Yeah. Is there, and again, I know everybody's different, yep. but what, what, what would be your general suggestion yeah. in, in husbands or That's a, I love this question. Um, so if my friend, if I had a friend who came to me to ask me that, I would say start out by telling your wife, I'm afraid that you're going to think, or I'm afraid the story is in my head that I'm going to come across as this way, and this is not what my intention is. But, you know, I've found this amazing boudoir photographer, <laughs> Hope, um, who, who helps women and, you know, focuses on, you know, helping them feel better and more confident in their body. And I really love you, and I would love for you to see how I see you. I like that. So in other words, put it in terms that are value centered to her. Yeah. Not I want this. Yeah. Or I think you should do this so you can see what I see. That's all me centered. That's yeah. as opposed to you're beautiful. And I would love to see, I would love to show you what I see. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of me, but, but it's, <laughs> it's focusing on her. I really like that approach. Well, and I think a huge thing, even, you know, take boudoir photography out of it, just having that communication, like creating that safe space between one another where you can communicate, hey, I want to share this thing and I'm a little afraid of how it's going to come across. So let me explain my fears a little bit and then let me explain what I'm wanting to say. And, and you know, of course, you're the therapist. I'm not the therapist. I don't know everybody's relationship or, you know, how to navigate those things completely. But that, that is something that's been really helpful in my life. Well, no, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I talk with uh, 
hairstylists or photographers, and they are pretty much, my, my wife's a vocal coach, and she says a lot of her sessions are pretty much therapy. You, you yeah. go to a very sensitive place, and, and I think it is valuable insight. You're in a position to do something very, very vulnerable. In mm-hmm. some ways, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you compare it's more vulnerable or not, but it's, it's definitely just as vulnerable as therapy. You're going in, you're sharing an intimate side, yes. your insecurities, yeah. you're showing up to yep. this stranger most likely, mm-hmm. and I'm bearing pretty much all. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, no, I think I think your insights are very valuable. You're having to navigate these very sensitive, fragile topics that mm-hmm. are triggering for a large amount of people. Yeah, this is this is excellent. So, in general, w- what do you recommend? When when do you feel it's time for? Should should all women do this? That's a good question. Um, you have all the best questions apparently today. Every time you ask a question, I'm like, that's the best question. Um, so one thing I strongly suggest, this is also kind of linked to your last question about what can men or husbands do, is I, so I have a private Facebook group for women. Um, and that's a space that's, it's a support group. It's a safe space and it's a fun group. We ha- We have fun things that we post and women can go and ask questions. Um, And so a lot of times I will encourage women who aren't sure if they're in a space to um, get a boudoir session to go and join that group because it allows them to get a feel for me. Um, And that is incredibly important, like you said. Like this is a very vulnerable experience that they're signing up for. Um, And so that's one thing is allowing them to get to know their photographer um, to decide if this is a safe place and also to help them, um, I guess, develop that trust. Um, and then I think every woman's journey is her own. And so for some women, I guess to answer your question, the short version is, do I think that the only way to feel confident and amazing is your in your body is to go get naked and take photos? No. Do I think that it's an amazing, incredible opportunity for women to be able to love and embrace their full body? Yes. And so for some women, they may decide that it's not for them, and that's totally okay. Um, and then also, I, I'll have clients who, for some of them, they want to come in and just show a shoulder, and that's okay. And for others, they want to do completely n- nude, you know. And so, so I think it's important, you know, for me as a photographer to meet my clients where they're at. And it's also important for individuals to meet themselves where they're at. Excellent. I love that response. So what are your aspirations? We've, we've heard, um, the struggles, the journey uh, you went through to get here. Who are you now? If, if you were to describe yourself, uh, what, 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 what has the success made you? How would you describe yourself as so let's talk about everything as a person, uh, your sexual health. What are your views on sexual development? Um, let's go go anywhere you're you're willing cool. to go. W- cool. w- w- who are you now? Yeah, that's a good. Uh, sorry, I, I don't know. I, I warned keep you. Saying we that's we, a good we question. we were going to go everywhere here. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the biggest thing that um has come from my life experiences and of course my career choice is that I've become my own person and I have come to realize that I get to be in charge of filling my own needs 
And I get to give myself permission to show up as a whole person, as someone who can create a life that I love. And I, a, a wonderful thing that I think has come from that, and I realize that, that this isn't always what happens for everyone, but I have been able to find myself in a relationship that is incredibly wonderful and fulfilling, and um, there is just so much trust and communication. Um, and that is a big part because I did the work for myself and I believe whether people are in a relationship or not, they can do that for themselves. They can come to discover themselves. And so sometimes people are like, oh, you know, like I'm in a relationship now. I wish I had gotten a boudoir shoot when I was single. And I'm like, you can, you can, <laughs> you can do this for yourself, whether you're single or not, you know, yes. it gets to be for you. And so I would say I, as I have embraced my sexuality as I have done what I call my inner work um, around loving and accepting my body and myself. Um, it has transformed the way that I show up in life. Um, I feel more confident and I feel like I'm able to own myself and my choices far more than I ever used to. I used to be a huge people pleaser I used to care so much about what people think, and I, I, I still, you know, find myself in those moments because we're all human. But I would say as I have done the work to have a healthy relationship with myself and my body, it has completely transformed, I would say, every aspect of my life. I, I realize it's a journey. It, it, you know, there isn't one point where you say, yeah, I'm done. I'm, yeah. this, this is great. <laughs> But do you feel like you can now experience desire or orgasm or masturbate and feel like there's no guilt here? Yeah. What's, what's that level? Yeah. <laughs> said, yeah I, I love it. I wish you guys can see because she's glowing again. It's like, I own this. Yeah. There is no shame. Yeah. Is that what I'm seeing? Yes. Yeah. And realizing like that God didn't just make these things for me. So I, you know, for only the use of when I'm going to create a baby or, you know, only the use for a man or anything like that. But have you ever talked about masturbation this openly? No. How, how are you doing? I mean, I, I have, I have with, with my circle, with friends, you know, we talk about mm -hmm. masturbation and all the things, sex and stuff. Um, I, I've never really done this like with a man um, that I had. <laughs> I mean, you and I just met today in person. Um, and you appear very comfortable. Is yeah. that what you're experiencing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. This is great. I love it. <laughs> and I forgot what what your question Sorry. was. This is what we do. We get <laughs> yeah. really organic here. Yeah. So it, it, the question was originally, do you do you experience guilt around that at all? Oh, or yeah. are you able to truly bask in it? Like it's a joyful, I mean, from your facial expression. Yeah, it, it seems like that's the case now is you own it. And yeah. you get to thoroughly use it as a part of happy living yes is, yeah would that be a fair description yeah and just like you said it's it's still a journey right and so I am still discovering things about myself um, and my body and I very strongly believe that you know we we talk about um, our sexual ability or powers or you know I, whatever you want to call that um, as you know obviously a way to create human life 
And I also see it as a way to create, you know, spiritually or energetically my whole life. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel shame around that anymore. And yeah, I, and there's still things to learn, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> still things to learn. What, what, uh, you kind of looked off in the distance. Were you thinking of something specific or what, what do you mean by that? Um, I mean, I agree with the general yeah. principle, right? We're always learning, but was there something specific that you're thinking of? Um, yeah, let's see. Still things to learn, meaning like, okay, I know how to orgasm, but that doesn't necessarily mean I know all the different ways to experience pleasure in my life. And, you know, yeah, how can I, how can I continue? And not even experiencing pleasure, you know, like It's not just about the orgasm, yeah. you're saying. It's like, what is my body experiencing? Yeah, yeah. Is, is well, that what yeah. you mean? And, sl- and slowing down with my body and being present and, um, yeah, like giving my body my attention and loving it. And so. A lot of people refer to, for women, OMGS. It, it, was that a resource you used or what do you do or, or how do you go about experiencing or learning for you? Is it just a, a natural um, thing for you or, or I, are you using? Yeah, this is interesting. Getting very specific. Um, I've used OMG, yes. And um, I, haven't, I haven't used it in a while because it wasn't super working for me. It wasn't my flavor. Okay. Um. And so, but it is something I'd like to revisit, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think just like trying different mindfulness. Oh yes, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that's, um, I refer to um, masturbation as self pleasure, and I think that like mindfulness and self pleasure are they get to be something that's hand in hand. That's it's very. Yeah, it's very fun. It, it's not surprising because you started your journey off with mindfulness. Yeah. And I think that um, it's interesting because I think as a, as a, as a faith culture, we, we really do try to teach what mindfulness is. Think about what other people are feeling. Try to teach empathy. But there's this very judgmental side that shuts that down. But you came in with mindfulness. Being aware of, you learned early on, what is your body experiencing? And so... Uh, resources like OMG, yes, maybe weren't the best for you because you're more of an, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm just interpreting what you're saying here. It appears like you're more of an introverted person. You're insightful about what's going on. You know something's wrong, and so you explore that. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Um, well, no. So as far as OMG, yes, it was like the techniques it, just It wasn't working, working for you. Me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It so, just wasn't right for you. Yeah. Like if we're talking on a physical level, like so many things in the beginning, I had so much pain down in my sexual organs. Um, okay. Yeah. So you had to address <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, and that that was I I didn't I <laughs> we are getting very <laughs> specific here, um, but that was that was a big thing that also was you know I wasn't ready. I'm like I can't have sex because I can't even. I, everything, yeah, hurts down there. So, yep. So you had, you had to address (laughs) that and you recognized. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, again, this is something we don't talk about. Yeah. And is, is common. Um, whether it's because it's biology, we also see 
oh man, I always butcher the word viagismus, which is the painful intercourse. Uh, probably butchering. See, my dyslexia always kicks in when I go <laughs> no. live or try to teach something on board. Somebody's going to call me out and say, you said it wrong. You're a therapist. You should know. I know, I know. Um, uh, so sometimes it's caused by physical development and and or by our perceptions of our sexual health. And so that's an important topic. And a lot of people don't realize they, they have painful sex. And it could be because of the good girl syndrome or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you discovered that and you're able to address yeah. it. So yeah. you're, you're having to handle those issues. Yep. So with, so back to photography, thank you for, for going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, you've gone through this journey um, of, of improving your own self image of improving your sexual health. And thank you for being so vulnerable with that. I, I mean, I personally am, that's my goal, my aspiration in life in life is when we can treat, I really truly believe whatever people's definition of sacred is, um, I really believe we could talk about masturbation, we could talk about intimacy, we could talk about how we overcome these things without it being weird, without it being creepy. Uh, and it's about really creating a culture of how do you masturbate? What does that look like? Removing the sexuality, uh, sexual stigma or whatever you want to call it around it. What is your aspiration as you engage in this work? Do you have a hope or a goal of what do you see the outcome here? If you, if you had it, your wish, what would it look like? Um, I, my wish is to help as many women as I possibly can to own who they are, to own their desires to own what they want in life and to not feel shame for it, to be unapologetic about showing up and speaking out and being heard and being seen and being totally, um, like, all right and, what's the word? Unapologetic is, is the word I, I keep I think thinking that's about. A great being word. unapologetic about being themselves. And you're talking not just your their physical self. You're talking about their whole person. Oh, absolutely. Their yeah, their whole being, because the physical stuff, the boudoir, you know, it seems like it's just something that's happening on the outside. But you know, with every client I work with, no matter where they're at in their own journey, um, it is an experience that that they have an opportunity that they get to do their inner work. And yeah, to, to show up physically, but also like emotionally, mentally, um, all, all the different ways to show up more fully. I want to circle back around because I love your message there. I, I love the aspiration. It's not just about looking good in your skin. The work you're doing is intrinsic. Mm-hmm. It's how to be you yeah. in our previous communication and setting this up. The word authentic comes up. I, and I, I've said this before, I, I think pop psychology has really watered that down in that meaning, but there's a power behind that to be able to show up without judgment as much as possible and not fear the impressions and perceptions of what other people, I, it, I have had to force myself into that place because I'm actually a very private person. People don't think that because of my public, uh, uh, public uh, presence. Um, but 
I, I do value what people think, but being able to show up authentically. So I, I want to wrap around using that thought. I work occasionally, uh, more than occasionally, unfortunately, with women who have been emotionally mistreated in their relationship uh, to on a, on a big spectrum. Um, I'm, I'm thinking one, I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible here. I think this is relatable to a lot of people. Uh, who's been in a relationship for years and the spouse um, had particular views of what she should look like. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so now that she's coming to herself, she's trying to find a way to sometimes I say reclaim, but I don't, she acknowledges uh, she's never had a claim on her body, her Mm -hmm. identity. Um, and one of the exercises we do, I do, I offer the variation. There, there's variations of this. I call it uh, um, the naked assessment. You know, you stand in front of the mirror. Oh, you're saying yes. 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 Um, and I'll be honest with you, as, as a male therapist, I, I knew this was an effective tool because I learned it from my female sex educators. Um, but implementing it was always always interesting because I'm totally comfortable with with offering this, but recognizing some women struggle with it. But what the way I approach this is I want you to stand in front of a mirror in all your glory. You're, you're getting out of the shower. You're looking at yourself and you have a, a sheet of paper, your phone, whatever is safe for you. Put three columns on like dislikes indifferent. And what I say is I want you to go through not like, oh, my legs. I like them. I want you to look at your toes. I want you to see yourself you've been taught to not see yourself Mm -hmm. i want you to first start to learn to see yourself and then as you go through i want you to write down i like my toes i like my toenails i like my ankles all the way up or down or however you want to approach it if you're done in five minutes you're doing it wrong it -hmm. should be like maybe 15 minutes a day for a week and you write down the likes dislikes and indifference and a lot of people go into that saying oh the likes yeah i own that I actually challenge them with this question. I'll say, why do you like it? Where did that Mm. perception come from? Mm. Is it because you have that perfect nose that is on social Mm. media Mm. and you like it because it conforms to start reclaiming Mm. or to defining what do I actually like? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a very difficult thing, as you can imagine. Uh, Where I'm going with this is, Sometimes I work with those who have been abused around their self-image and they've done that, but there's still this very burdened, heavy, you're, you're shaking your head. Yes. I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm curious, I guess maybe from your expression, you're, you're saying yes. Have you had to um, address this in your work and have you found this type of work to help those individuals to see themselves in a new light. I, I think we've kind of answered this, but I, I want to ask that very specifically because I know there are women out there who've done everything to reclaim their identity. What are your thoughts? Yeah. First, my thought is, so I've done the, the mirror experience a little bit differently. I stand in front of the mirror and I just, just take myself in. And um, I've had times where I sit there and I feel so much shame, you know, about, you know, like with COVID, 
I had, you know, I lost weight and then I gained weight and I had so much shame about how I gained weight. And, and I knew in my head, like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way, blah, blah, blah. You know, like we know with our head, but then we're feeling something different in our body. And so sitting in front of the mirror and allowing myself to cry and to say, like, wow, yeah, I feel this way. I feel this way, you know, and, and really fully holding space for our heart and ourselves to feel those feelings. That's one way. Um, one practice that I, I use um, encourage encourage a lot of people to do because um, when we finally give ourselves permission to feel those feelings, that's when we allow them to move through our body so we don't have to carry them. So that's um, one thing. And then as far as with boudoir photography, I will say boudoir photography will not save you. And, and I don't, I don't ever claim that or tell people that it's amazing. It does change the way that people see themselves. It helps them see themselves in a new light. Um, and at the same time, if, if there are people who really just absolutely loathe and hate their body, I, I would suggest that they get help, you know, from therapists, from professionals, because I'm not a therapist. I'm not professionally trained to help those, you know, in circumstances. Um, and so, yes, boudoir photography is an amazing opportunity to be able to see yourself differently. And and also, I would suggest, you know, people getting some extra help if they feel like that's what they need. Of course. I'm going to ask a, a difficult question now. Great. In your experience, are there particular clients that aren't ready for this? And what, what, what does that look like so that somebody knows whether or not they're ready to take that step? Yeah. Is there particular concerns that you've seen that you would caution or mm-hmm. uh, kind of, I'm kind of going out of thin air here. Yeah. I just thought it would yeah. be a, a question to ask. Yeah. Um, so I would suggest, um, you know, invite individuals to look at their reason for doing it. Um, if they are hoping that it will completely save and fix their problems, then um, they might need to look at that and and look at what they're hoping to experience and how they can um, find that, you know, in whatever ways they need to. Um, okay, so I want to clarify because I think that's a great, great point. Kind of going along with what you just said a minute or so ago is if you're coming into this thinking it's going to radically change you without any other work. Uh, Don't be mistaken. (laughs) Yeah. It it can help. It's a part of the process. But if you're coming in with this hopes that it's going to change radically everything you think and see of yourself without doing the work, uh, the work being maybe more introspective, uh, mindfulness therapy, whatever it is, this is just another step yes. in that healthy development. Am I hearing, yes. hearing you correctly? Yep. Yeah. And so I think... You're not saying, no, don't do it, but yeah. don't assume it's going to be... Yeah. Take a look at, at your intention and your expectation, because if that's your expectation, then you might be disappointed. Um, however, I would also say if somebody has a desire to do this, I would say that that is an amazing starting point, you know, like, okay, if, if this is something that you want, then, then I would say, yeah, this is probably something that needs to happen. Maybe it's now, or maybe it's later. You know, I have, 
um, some women in my Facebook group who have said, you know, like I'm not in a place I'm like, it kind of scares me, but I hope that someday I will be. And that's like totally fine. And, you know, they follow along. It's authentic. Yeah. They're being true to themselves. They're not just saying, okay, this will solve it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not being honest with themselves. Yeah. So carrying that authenticity yeah. in. Yeah. So if, if, if somebody is just doing this without, they're feeling pressured, they're feeling like it's the only way to do it. You're not saying don't do it, but yeah. be be a little bit more aware yeah. of, of the goal here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, if you feel like you're having to drag yourself or you need me to drag you into it, um, then it might be, you might need some more time. Um, but at the same time, I, I it's perfectly normal for my clients to you know, book and then be like, oh my gosh, nope. what did I just do? You know, and, and so it, it's normal to feel a little scared or nervous and that's okay. And, and they, you know, they keep, keep moving forward and, you know, I, I help them, you know, prep them up to their shoot. And then when they come, um, I'll have clients who are like, oh, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. And once we get into the session, you know, I'm helping them. I show them they exactly how to pose. Yeah. And it's just this fun, just amazing experience for all of us so so yeah so if it's if if someone is feeling nervous and feeling you know I don't completely love my body that is completely totally normal I have I have maybe one last question here for you you brought up earlier um how it's improved your relationships yeah um are, are you in a relationship right now uh-huh yeah okay tell me a little bit more about that. I think that's important. How has understanding your sexuality, uh, uh, owning your own body, helped the relationship? Yeah. Give, me, give me some examples. Um, I, I realize this yeah. is involving somebody else, so I no, want to be respectful okay. to yeah. that. But we're good. He's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So one thing is, as I learned my desires around my sexuality and released shame around those that's also connected to the desires we have just in our our normal lives and I think for a lot of women we find ourselves needing to clear through the beliefs of I'm not allowed to have what I want or I can't ask for what I want unless it's to bless and help others or I, you know, so many different things, or I should always be serving or I should always be sacrificing. And so a huge thing with, with coming to embrace my desires and, um, and release the shame around those was seeing how that affects my relationship, realizing, you know, last week, my boyfriend, he was having just such a busy, work week and I was noticing these moments where I was bidding for attention or you know and that's totally okay that's fine and also I'm realizing okay I can ask for like I can use my words (laughs) and ask for what I need Um, or you know if he isn't in a space where he is able to fill that I can fill that myself because I am my own person and so I have, you know, my, in my head, I have my list of ways that I fill my needs. And so I'm like, okay, um, he's busy, you know, he's totally understandable and that's okay. I'm going to go take care of myself, take care of my needs. So, so I, I want to be clear again here, <clears throat> are we talking intellectual, sexual, all of the above? Um, like, yeah, all of the above, um, emotionally, you know, like, so with that experience last week, I was like, okay. I am noticing I, I need connection. So if he, he isn't 
able to be in a place right now, that's okay. I can find connection with my friends or my sister or myself, you know? And so some days I will realize, okay, my need for today is um, to be with myself. And it's like, oh, I need attention for myself actually. So I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to go journal. I'll go take a bath, go paint my nails, you know, whatever. And, um, or other days it'll be like, I can't, I'm, I can't, I need other people. I need connection with, with other human beings. And so that's going to be my boyfriend or that's going to be my friend or my sisters or, you know, and so it has really helped me become aware of what I need and not, um, expect him to fill all of my needs for me and realize that I get to do that. I, I'm going to point out what I, I don't see it as a paradox because I understand that we call that self actualization. You you are your own person, even in a relationship. The way you phrase that though, I think some people, uh, I I think struggle with it. I don't, I I could get that connection somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Isn't that hurting the relationship? (laughs) I, what are your thoughts? I, I, I don't want to put words <laughs> yeah, in your mouth. No. Do you know where I'm going with this? Or I, I, does does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I, uh, so no, it doesn't hurt the relationship. No, it it's it, it's <laughs> that this is something that I love about my relationship is that we, um, we both recognize, okay, we have needs and um, the other person, like we're capable of helping each other fill those needs. And also like we have created a safe space and trust with each other to be able to communicate like, hey, you know, sometimes if he and I are, are in an argument, I have an anxious attachment style. And so I'll be like, I need you to hold my hand. And sometimes, communicate. yeah. And sometimes though, he's like, I can't hold your, like, I'm not in a place where I can hold your hand right now. And I have to realize that's okay. And so I can hold space for him not being able to hold space for my needs, if that yes. <laughs> makes sense. And like that, like because we know we can ask for what we want and we can be okay with not like with the other person not being able to give it to us. And so that like we have so much trust in our relationship and and it's like not draining or, you know, like because we know it's clear. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to take you and him on a road show because this <laughs> is like when I talk it. with couples, it is so far from what they expect. It, we use this word in a pejorative and I think we're all, I mean, even your relationship that's codependent in the sense of you understand each other. I don't know if codependent itself is a negative thing, but we do live in a way that's so codependent that mm-hmm. if you're not experiencing what I'm experiencing, when I need you to experience <laughs> yep. it, you are a manipulator. You are neglectful in our relationship. The way you just described it is, and forgive me, I'm not trying to put you on a pedestal, but the work you've done has clearly shown up and how you function as a relationship. And because of your self-actualization, of your individuality in the relationship, you have an identity. And we talk about whether you're married or not, we talk about relationships as being one, and we misconstrue that as we have to be one in everything. Mm -hmm. No, you fell in love with each other because you're individuals. Yes, And you're able to sit there and say, I need this. You're not ready to give it to me. I respect that. Yes. But I was able to share it. And when you're ready, meet me where I'm at. Yep. And you are meeting each other at the right. And that's where I think a lot of people, 
at least in our faith culture, see that as a paradox. It's like, no, I'm in a relationship with you and I have to be your, pri- <laughs> yeah. I am being yeah. your priority by recognizing I can't give this right now. Yeah. And I want to be um, undivided with you. Yep. And I, I, that is beautiful. I, so I'm going to, maybe I don't intend it for it be a, a loaded question, mm-hmm. but do do you feel like the work you've done around your sexual health and your photography has, is why you can do that now? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, I grew up, I was so codependent growing up and, you know, again, I, I have an anxious attachment style. I, even, even a few years ago, I was in relationships and dating people where I was just like this energy vampire. I'm like, I need you to be this for me and I need, you know, and, and so, yeah, I'm a completely different person and, and different in how I show up in my relationships. What a wonderful, wonderful discovery. And it's clear just looking at you, you've done the work, you're authentic, you're real. Um, we've covered a lot of topics here today. <laughs> yes. And have. I'm proud of you that, that you. I mean, and you did it so it feels like it was you. I, oh, I hope yes. it was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, any, any last thoughts or words that you feel like should be shared, mm. whether it's with your work or your, your experience, anything, what, what do you feel like this audience of people struggling <laughs> to know who they are yeah. should know? My hope is that those who are listening will be inspired and realize that, that they have what it takes to create the life that they want, the relationships that they want, you know, whatever, whatever it is, career, that they can be their own person, that they get to show up as a beautiful, perfect in their growth, whole being. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Hope. I think you you have, (laughs) and I'm sure you get this a lot. I think you've provided a lot of hope here. So, um, thank you. And I I look forward to hopefully doing a a live question and a with you. I think our, our group members would really appreciate that. So until then, great. Thank you.